Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Health and Sports Show. My name's Tom Butterfield, I'm still your host, even after a two week absence, had a nice little family holiday down to Cornwall, amazing Mediterranean style weather, great company, fantastic scenery, love Cornwall to bits, great people as well. Uh, did step on a weaver fish, which wasn't the best part of the holiday, I've got to say, for half an hour, was pretty sore. But uh, even that couldn't take the shine off the holiday. Great fun. But today we're going to continue our series talking about concussion and head injuries. So what we're going to do today is talk about some treatment of concussion and how we're going to reintroduce people, athletes, whether they're grassroots athletes or elite athletes, back into sport. Initially, there's a 24 to 72 hour period of physical and mental or cognitive rest until symptoms have improved. And that will be followed by a gradual increase back into physical activity and also increasing cognitive or mental load as well. A person being allowed to return to play depends upon the results of some kind of medical assessment and shouldn't be done beforehand. It certainly shouldn't be left in the hands of either the player or the coaching staff alone. You know, the the player wants to play and the coach wants the team to have its best players available because they want to win the match. So there's a bit of a conflict of interest potentially there. In some situations, rest, especially prolonged rest, can actually be counterproductive and can actually delay recovery, not speed it up. Now, lots of concussions will recover spontaneously over a few days. Uh, For these people, it's expected that they'll proceed progressively through what we call the graduated return to play protocol or the RTP. Once the initial symptoms have resolved or improved significantly and we've gained that medical clearance we talked about earlier, the player can start a progressive return to activity program. The suggested return to play or as we said RTP protocol consists of six stages and follows a gradual process as is outlined in this table up here or maybe covering the screen if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to it on podcast, uh, click the link that says RTP protocol and you'll see it in the show notes there. There is a little bit of a difference recommended for amateur players and for elite players who are going to have that daily access to medical care. So have a look out for those. I'll put the yeah, on second thoughts, I'll put the two links to the different RTP protocols uh, that are outlined by the English FA in the show notes. So you'd have one for amateurs and one for elite. Generally, each step of these protocols should take at least 24 hours. The player should proceed to the next stage only if they have no concussion symptoms during the exercise at that stage and also afterwards. So the injured player can potentially return to match play six days post-injury at the elite level. Those players at the amateur or youth level that don't have direct access to medical care are going to have to wait longer before they can start their graduated return to play protocol. However, if there are any post-concussion symptoms that occur during or after the graduated program, the player should always drop back to the previous level they were at and try to progress again after a further 24-hour period at that new lesser level. Alongside this protocol, we could go with some pharmacological sort of medication options as well, because headaches are the most common symptom of concussion, 
and there are many 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 different types of headache trust me uh, therefore an accurate understanding of the type of headache and its cause is essential uh, for any treatment approach because we need to rule out any serious or sinister types of headache before we start handing out any treatment otherwise we're at best chucking stuff at a wall and hoping that something sticks and at worst we're actually endangering the health of those in our care so we need to be really careful with headaches but physical therapy options if we are finding a non-sinister or non-serious headache like cervicogenic or tension headaches these can often benefit from manual therapy to their neck uh, including the soft tissues uh, so therapy massage what have you mobilization to the joints and potentially some manipulation to the joints around the neck as well if it's appropriate to do so in a similar way those with dizziness or balance problems and visual symptoms may benefit from some specialized neurovestibular and ocular motor rehabilitation if there is impairment of the vestibular system then vestibular and ocular motor treatment should start straight away really and when we talk about outcomes or the chance of re-injury unsurprisingly return to sport before symptoms have completely resolved means that you're more likely to get prolonged symptoms this shows the importance of gaining good objective data at the time of injury putting the players through that proper assessment because how do we really know if they're improving if we don't really know where they were to begin with and second impact syndrome or SIS is a term used to describe the potential consequences resulting from a second concussive blow to the head before a person has fully recovered from the symptoms of a previous concussion worryingly the second head injury is believed to lead to brain swelling secondary to increased cerebral blood flow and the death rate in this condition is thought to approach 100 percent investigators say that there is a lack of evidence currently to support the claim that the second impact is at the risk for diffuse swelling however when you're talking about a potentially fatal result that SIS gives uh, there's even more reason not to rush the player back before they're completely ready and we can't talk about outcomes without talking about chronic traumatic encephalopathy either studies from sports such as American football and soccer have suggested that there's an association between repetitive or repeated sports concussions during a career and the neurodegenerative disease which is called as we said before chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE took me ages to say that right <laughs> the literature relating the long-term consequences of exposure to recurrent head trauma both concussive and subconcussive is currently inconsistent however awareness of the potential for long-term problems including cognitive impairment uh, in the management of, of all players needs to be very much frontal in our minds because there's also mental health issues as well and these have been reported as a long-term consequence of traumatic brain injury so concussion is obviously included in this category neurological imaging studies using MRI uh, such as functional MRI suggest that a depressed mood following a concussion can reflect an underlying pathophysiological abnormality which is consistent with a limbic frontal model of depression 
Now, that's all pretty technical, but it just means that if you do have a concussion or someone has a concussion, there is the potential for mental health issues coming directly from that. There was a case of an American cyclist, maybe one or two years ago, who unfortunately uh, suffered a concussion. I don't think it was picked up uh, as far as you know what I've read, and she unfortunately ended up taking her own life. And her father very sadly said, you know, if one person had recognised that the concussion had taken place, maybe she could have been put through some kind of treatment protocol that would have helped to prevent uh, that very sad outcome. All players with ongoing symptoms should be screened as a consequence for depression using one of the many standard clinical tools that are available out there. You can Google, there's loads of them. Well, thank you for watching. If you're watching it on YouTube, thanks for listening. If you're on the podcast, I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you found it interesting. And keep an eye out for any concussions out there. So make sure if you haven't listened to the episode regarding the identification of the assessment of concussions, go back to that previous episode. Uh, If you'd like to leave a review for the episodes, please do. That's always very much uh, appreciated. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can contact us directly at info at elevatehealthuk.com. We crave your feedback, okay? We really do like it when you get in contact with us. Tell us what you enjoyed about the episode. Tell us what you'd like us to change. One lady got in contact and said, you know, can you turn the volume of the recording up a little bit? And we did that. (laughs) But if there's anything at all, any content that you'd like us to uh, look at, we've had a few suggestions. We've done videos for that. We've done podcast episodes with that because we're here for you. We're not just doing this as a vanity project. We're trying to help people day in, day out with their daily problems, give them access to really high level knowledge and research-based care. So thank you for watching or listening. And I really look forward to seeing you in the next episode. See you soon. Bye-bye.